This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the AMVA community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week, I have my returning regular January guest of Steve Sebastian to talk to us about the latest and greatest updates in our FDR program, the Fraud Detection and Remediation e-learning platform. Steve, welcome back. Thank you. Very good to be here, Ian. Great, great to be with you. It's always um, great to catch up. And every I, the, the craziest thing to me about FDR is every year when we think we couldn't possibly put more into this platform, that there isn't more to be conquered each year and every year. It's not only about updating things and to be updated, but it's legit adding new content in expanding areas. It is. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's uh, seems to be no limit uh, for the fraud topics uh, that we have left to cover. I, I mean... I see just in this year's podcast, or excuse me, last year's podcast during 2022, there were at least four uh, podcasts, you that, podcasts that you had devoted to fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all of those subjects coming out, um, there are also new releases of documents, which is an important part of FDR, uh, along with new work product and new trends and uh, fraud sightings and fraud, anti-fraud implementations across the country that uh, need to make their way into the curriculum to keep everybody uh, current and updated as to not only what's being circulated out there, but uh, how those those documents are being used uh, in very, very creative ways. Now, we're going to spend most of our time talking about what's new and exciting, but I don't want to take for granted that we may have folks who are listening that maybe are newer to this area of the business. Uh, Give me the high level. If someone's like, FDR, I think I know what that means, and I've heard there's online training, and that's all I know. Sure. Give me the elevator pitch. Uh, The elevator pitch is there are 26 FDR modules fraud detection and remediation, 26 modules devoted to a variety of subjects within the agency uh, and external to the agency that may be experienced, uh, applicable to every single level of the agency. It's not just a driver license checking course. Mm. It's not just a vehicle title checking course. There are portions of FDR that apply to everyone in the agency from entry-level folks that may have just started in the mailroom all the way up to the administrator. There are uh, a plethora of modules, all ranging from anywhere between 20 minutes to 40 minutes, ranging in topics like internal fraud for employees, all the way up to uh, what we call the Administrators 15, Mm. fighting fraud through engineering education and networking. So we can look at internal fraud from a a mailroom perspective. What does that person have to know? Are they subject to fraud? Might they commit fraud? Well, fraud is deception for personal gain. So FDR uh, needs to have something for that employee Mm. all the way up, all the way up to administrative staff. And certainly those checking the documents, the bulk of 
FDR uh, will absolutely benefit from that training, understanding how to look at genuine documents, authenticate them, and most importantly, uh, come to a reasonable assessment of the presenter and what they're trying to do Mm -hmm. with that document. Now, when you talk about all these folks at all these different levels, and I know we're speaking now primarily to our jurisdiction members that, you know, are going to access this tool for education and learning, and we'll come back later to those outside of jurisdictions, but starting with kind of that core ANVA membership of our jurisdiction members, they come in, they access it through the ANVA website. I know that one of the updates this year is kind of a new user interface, So talk to me about how users might have a different experience than maybe what they've been used to in the past. Well, hopefully they will see uh, nice, fresh graphics that that really are pleasing to the eye. Uh, Certain activities uh, throughout the courseware uh, have been reexamined and modified, always trying to continue to best serve adult learning techniques. Again, Folks uh, at any job in the agency have plenty to do. Uh, trying to memorize a course is one of the, is not something we need to add. So utilizing uh, uh, adult learning techniques, making sure that all of the current content uh, uses those techniques and we're away from any of the old stale content, mm. users are going to see that. They're going to see uh, new uh uh, content in Mexican documents and, and Canadian visas. And we'll get into that uh, as we talk a little bit more. But uh, one of the interesting things is just the breadth and content of FDR. If one were to, to go from start to finish and not suggesting anyone do that in one <laughs> sitting, but uh, uh, there are over a thousand total slides within FDR. Wow. Um, and so each of those sections uh, have some applicability to whomever you are within that agency, or if you're outside the agency, as you mentioned, in the commercial realm, uh, we certainly have uh, uh, FDR resources available to you. But I think folks will see a, a nice, exciting, fresh presentation, and uh, hopefully it's a stepping stone for what we'll see coming up in 23 with uh, hopefully the uh, uh, addition of uh, some interesting usage of AI to enhance uh, adult adult learning techniques and some of the presentation issues. So right. we're not quite there yet for the, the teaser for next year. Uh, but <laughs> next year, uh, I, I think uh, there's there's a real some real exciting things on the horizon. All right. So uh, when we talk about all the different modules, you know, a couple of the new modules or updated modules are based on some recent publications that ANVA had this year, particularly the updated fraud deterrence and detection best practice and our package of partnering with prosecutors. And it kind of blends into what you said about how we've had other episodes about fraud and fraud deliverables. Talk to me about how you take what is traditionally a static document in a best practice that we publish and our members use regularly and how you take that content and turn it into an interactive learning module. Uh, one of that one of the best examples of that is the f- uh, best practices for the deterrence and detection of fraud. There are a couple of versions out. Um, one uh, had been around for a little bit and was the main uh, content provider for that module within FDR. Uh, as the new cut module comes out, we've got to determine, you know, what's changed, what hasn't changed, what can be in, what can be enhanced. And more importantly, what activities can we start to bridge gaps through? What learning activities, whether it be uh, 
matching theories and uh, and specific data points or uh, that type of thing, <clears throat> or even down to knowledge assessments and review questions and that type of thing to make sure that that student, in this case, that uh, best practices student, is getting through, absorbing some of that curriculum, and isn't just Again, looking at a black and white piece of paper or looking at a screen, they're actually interacting, learning something and can uh, and can pull those bits and pieces of information down to the detail if they need to right from the module. Great. And you know, some of the new documents that you were referring to earlier, let's talk about the mixing documents. Now, this might be maybe it's me. I've been here too many years and it's all blurring together. I kind of feel like every year we're updating new Mexican documents in, in FDR, but <laughs> tell, tell me if it's my memory blurring or this is really, you know, a new set of documents we haven't seen in a while. I think we've, this is, we've seen a new release this year, a brand new documents, particularly the Mexican passport. Hmm. Uh, the matricular consular card incorporates newly released information, although the card itself has not changed. Uh, the CDL, which is another piece, uh, <clears throat> has changed in both its appearance and its presentation. There's, I, I hesitate, and I will not call it an MDL because it mm-hmm. is not. Yeah, um, right. However, there is an electronic depiction of a CDL and a corresponding printing of that electronic image of a CDL that is claimed by the Mexican government to be fully acceptable. So those types of nuances uh, need to be accounted for. Uh, and so, yeah, those those will make for numerous updates, um, but uh, all are uh, absolutely critical to, to staying abreast. So the, the Mexican passport was a bigger update from their previous versions of their passport. That's correct. As we've seen in a number of uh, a number of cases, Mexican passports can vary in their features, even among the same series mm. during different points of time in the year. Now, of course, we don't expect anyone to memorize that. Um, however, this new Mexican passport is an, is a brand new issue brand new look, brand new security features. They've done quite a nice job, and it's quite an improvement over the prior. And when someone goes into FDR, though, they'll be able to see not only the new one, they'll see all the previous ones that very well could still be in circulation and are completely acceptable. Absolutely. One of the challenges in FDR, talking about some of the updates, is is trying to determine what really is applicable and needed in the in the curriculum, in the working curriculum that the student is undertaking versus what may be available later to them in a job aid or some other downloadable resource that's also included within FDR. The job aid itself um, you, <clears throat> that can be downloaded, kept on a, uh, a phone, kept on your uh, terminal uh, at, at the point of transaction, that job aid alone has 168 uh, indexed searchable pages. So that's a great resource where they can look back at those prior Mexican documents that may still be in circulation down to the detail, yet they didn't have to go through the 1980 uh, version of the document step-by-step mm. step through the training. They've gone through the most recent version of the training. They've compared it to the prior version before that. And then any information we have on even uh, more 
ancient versions will be included in things like the job aid. Hmm. Now, and as you talk about, you know, the different uh, documents and, and the job aids that are available, and you mentioned earlier how it's so much more than driver's license and ID cards, and certainly the history of FDR is embedded in that DLID security world, but it's grown so exponentially. I think this year's update is another good example of that with, you know, a new title and temp tag reference guide. Tell, tell us about that and why it was needed and what this tool does for our members. You've, you've really hit it there. <clears throat> Driver license uh, information is absolutely important. It was sort of the cornerstone on which FDR was built. Um, but again, in trying to address this fraud, this deception for personal gain that comes at us, it's over the license counter, the, the title counter, the registration counter. Uh, and if you talk to uh, our friends in law enforcement, uh, it's coming from, coming from everywhere. Uh, so it became important for us to understand that having those working, working documents for the, the vehicle side of the house is extremely important. Paul Steyer has done an amazing job making sure that FDR uh, has uh, all of those vehicle resources that his community and his position now are dealing with. Um, so we were able to get all of our driver's license proofing releases from our jurisdictions and consolidated into one place within FDR. Again, another downloadable resource. Um, but it was clear that the, the vehicle side of the house needed some of that type of attention too. We got our temp tag reference guide, which contains all those images of the jurisdiction uh, temp tags, got those consolidated in a searchable format. And the same thing with all our title images. Uh, jurisdictions need to have quick access to that title image, not expecting them to remember everything very quickly. And it takes a little time to go searching perhaps on the internet or websites uh, with a, a downloadable reference document with reference from the learning material, understanding what's available, should I need it, they can go right there and get it. And in, I imagine the use case there on the on the title side is when a jurisdiction is receiving a title from another jurisdiction, there might be some suspicion whether it's good or not. This is the reference they can go and compare something to because they're, you know, it would be impossible for any for any frontline agent to be familiar with all, you know, all the different types of titles around uh, North America. Absolutely. I, if they've gone through the training, they'll be looking for the basic security features. They'll be looking for those items that identify this title um, as a genuine title rather than a, a fraudulent mm -hmm. title. They'll have examined the presenter or the circumstances under which this uh, document was presented. Uh, they'll look at the supporting documentation as well. They'll have remembered from their training that there are also a number of other resources available, including uh, an Invitus uh, orientation, if they have mm. not already mm -hmm. been through that on the vehicle side of the house, uh, along with those other uh, reference documents that are available to them. So hopefully throughout each steps of those transactions from the vehicle, uh, from the vehicle customer approaching the clerk from that point on all the way through until that transaction is processed, FDR should have hit at least each one of those important steps through both the training and the resource material. And then on the other side, you know, you mentioned law enforcement. Uh, on the, the temp tag piece, is that specifically 
targeted for the on the road safety law enforcement part of our community? Are they the ones that are really, you know, need to identify a perhaps fraudulent temporary tag or registration? Or is there also a use case where it might be an in-office MVA application as well? Seeing the thing, seeing the types of fraud that have been perpetrated over the past couple of years, my if I hadn't seen that, my first reaction three or four years ago would have been would have been absolutely on the road law enforcement. Who else is going to need it? But in today's environment, I would say that's a resource. Even an MBA sitting on the seventeenth floor in a processing room somewhere mm. may very likely have a need to investigate what a temp tag looks like from a particular jurisdiction. Mm, interesting. So uh, back to the, the driver's license side, we talked a little bit about, there's a, a new resource that we've developed with our partners from Department of Homeland Security um, to help with the design of, of driver licenses. I think we refer to it as uh, the DHS HSI Homeland Security Investigation. So I have my acronyms correct there. I think you do. I get it wrong myself <laughs> fairly often. Tell me, what is, uh, what yeah, is that? They, Tell us about that tool. Uh, their anti, anti-counterfeiting program, uh, the DHS folks were kind enough to relay some information about their anti-counterfeiting program during our recent uh, FDR partner meeting uh, held in the fall. It's held annually mm-hmm. uh, each year. Uh, they told us about a program uh, that's offering free security assessments uh, of the of jurisdictions real ID cards, uh, six states I believe have engaged the lab so far, and they can, if I remember correctly, can accommodate somewhere around six or seven analyses uh, per year. Uh, but the lab will get a look at those uh, real IDs from the jurisdictions uh, and communicate back and forth about recommendations uh, and whether it's because a jurisdiction is looking to redo their license. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perhaps there, and this is where the DHS folks really, really shine in this particular area, is perhaps what can a jurisdiction do with its existing security features um, in its existing conditions, make some changes to improve the effectiveness of those security security features drastically, whether that's how they're grouped or in the order of which they're printed on the substrate, things like that. Mm-hmm. But those are the types of insights that the lab is offering uh, and details about that program and how to get involved in that program are now included oh, okay. in the appropriate sections within FDR, notably the administrators 15. Got it. So all of these updates, in addition to what's already there, could in many ways be overwhelming to a jurisdiction, whether it's an administrator or some sort of manager that's trying to figure out, you know, what what do I do with all this? How do I get it into the hands of the right people? And I think that's where our implementation tutorial really is an important tool. And so I know that that's something we've had for a little bit, but as folks are hearing this, they're going, oh, wow. They've just added more content, which is great, but now it's even more that I've got to wrap my head around to get into the right hand. So tell us how they can, sure. you know, use that bridge of the implementation tool. Yeah, the implementation tutorial uh, <clears throat> will walk the jurisdiction through not only perhaps what it has planned for FDR, but uh, what's possible with FDR. F- with the ability to present either entirely com- computer-based 
whether to use it as a presentation for classroom or some sort of hybrid component, the implementation tutorial will walk a, a, a trainer through that. But importantly, as you point out, there's an awful lot of material here. Um, so suggested curriculum for different types of job duties are included within that implementation guide, a complete index of all of the material um, listed by subject matter, uh, by uh, downloadable resources. as well. Those are all included as separate documents that can be easily scanned by, say, your implementation trainer. Okay, I've gone through the implementation tutorial and I've decided that we're going to do a hybrid presentation with these modules for all new employees. Uh, every, every year, um, they'll get an update module with changes only every, every year after that, and then perhaps retake FDR in its entirety, entirety every five years or three years. Mm -hmm. That's completely, uh, completely up to the jurisdiction. So in using those tools, along with the change document that is included right up front with every download package, regardless of the installation chosen, they can walk through and say, oh yeah, this module's changed, that module's changed, these particular slides have changed. I've got to get make sure that that gets out to our particular group. Now, we've talked a lot about the application of FDR to our core jurisdiction members, both MVA and law enforcement. But you mentioned earlier that there is a community outside of the core AMVA membership that has access, can benefit from, and use FDR to fight fraud based on our members' products, but in other sectors. So t tell me a little bit more about what, what we mean by that when we say other folks can, quote, get FDR. There, there is a, uh, a version of limited material. Uh, of course, not all of FDR is available to uh, a commercial purchase, but commercial purchases of limited material is available. Uh, and it's actually gotten to the point where it is required by other government agencies in that the Internal Revenue Service, their program for individual taxpayer identification number certifying acceptance agents, ITIN-CAAs that many of our agencies might be familiar with, in in the requirements for licensure by the IRS, it requires potential applicants to take uh, that version of FDR and pass FDR. As, as a matter of fact, just in 2022 alone, there were over 2,500 uh, ITIN CAA hmm. applicants that ended up taking uh, FDR. Uh, so whether it is in a government-required uh, area like that, or or for our agency administrators that might be listening, if you're getting requests from uh, partners in the private industry, whether it be retailers or auto dealers or driving schools or even uh, establishments that are selling things that need a, an age minimum, and they're looking at, at your agency for training, send them to the AMBA website and they can purchase, again, select versions of FDR that'll help them examine those documents that they're relying on, whether it be licenses, birth mm. certificates, or any one of the other uh, identification document categories that they offer. Yeah. 
when you say select content, what's the, the sensitivity there that helps us determine what's appropriate for an external office, uh, audience versus the core membership audience? Thankfully, most of uh, that real guidance, because our material comes from our members, uh, as we talked about earlier, we've got a section uh, very similar to the title and temp tag images. There is a section uh, that has our public releases from MBAs regarding their DLs and proofing. So if it is uh, if it's reasonable to for the agency to release that in a proofing guide to the public, that sort of serves as our guideline of, hey, anything beyond that kind of description isn't suitable for, for the general public. So again, this is all level one, things that are things that are visible to the naked eye, just uh, using the know-how to know what to look for. And so as you think about the update this year that, that's now live on our website, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you really want to make sure members know about as they go in and download the updates? Well, I, I think the most important thing is to uh, really look at FDR as a growing, breathing, living entity. It's been around, we've just celebrated our, our 20th anniversary for FDR mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, in 2021. Uh, at the beginning of 2021, uh, so it's been around and it stays current. It's it, it's it stays as a valuable resource. And I would I would urge uh, those out there listening take advantage, particularly uh, of the update only module each year. Get a handle on those items that have changed. There's no reason to have to plow through the training again. Mm -hmm. Uh, and go through those 40 or 20 minute modules. No reason to do that each year. Um, grab the uh, update only module uh, along with perhaps the change document and any of the new uh, resource material that's been, uh, that's been added. The job aid, replace that. Uh, keep that on your phone. You, you'll have it right with you when you need it. And particularly for our law enforcement partners that have uh, that have taken advantage of FDR, whether that be in, in its entirety uh, or in our law enforcement uh, only supplement uh, dedicated specifically to the resources available to law enforcement uh, partners at the DMV. Uh, get that used on your phone and it's, it's always available. And as you look ahead now, this is up, this is done. Right away, we start on the next update. You gave us the real exciting teaser of AI and what AI might mean. What else is on the radar for this next coming year? That looks that that's the most exciting one. However, sure. uh, pertaining to curriculum, um, as we learned uh, both at the workshops at the at AIC and at the in conversations in the conferences uh, throughout 2022, sophisticated fraud coming in through very unexpected channels. Uh, uh, Owen McShane from New York has just so many stories about the creativity, how uh, how. Bulk requests for crash reports were turning into fraudulent activities and, and folks obtaining funds that they were not entitled to, whether it be unemployment or other benefits. Um, those types of fraud activities are becoming more and more prevalent. And as we talk to the membership more, talk to investigators more, and do, do some research on our end, uh, I'm hoping that we can come up with some great guidelines to help jurisdictions prevent fraud from coming over electronic 
walls and through the firewalls uh, and disguised as some other type of transaction. So uh, that would be uh, one of the one of the more exciting items we're looking at over there. Yeah, you uh, the really can't uh, underestimate the creativity of uh, of these fraudsters. They keep no digital frauds way. here to stay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll look forward to seeing where that lands and hopefully the AI conversation will be something more interesting than, um, you know, taking pictures of yourself and turning it into some uh, silly portrait, which seems to be all the rage yes. on social media these days in AI. Yep. We, uh, we need more usefulness, not uh, emojis. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, thanks again. Appreciate the update. We always appreciate the, the constant uh, value add that the FDR update gives, keeping it, like you say, a living, breathing product that's uh, there to reflect the emerging needs our members have. Oh, thank you for your unwavering support. The fraud community is uh, all the better for it. Thank you all for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. To next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 